I should say they're supposed to be sleeping, so this may get interesting. That could, that could I, end any time. Oh, I know. How, how many kids you got at home, Ross? Three. Three? Yeah, I got three, yeah. but one of them. If he cries, he's so young, you can't do anything about it. The other <laughs> ones we've got locked in their bedroom while Daddy does podcast. <laughs> yeah. But no, man, I know we had had a good conversation back and forth and just a message. We were talking about these kids and getting them involved and how cool it is. And, you know, I thought, well, shoot, let's do another training tip because, you know, we're bouncing around. We've got these ones that we've done with Jared. We've done them with you before. And uh, I just think the more we can bounce around and get different people's perspectives, you know, it's not like one person is the end all be all source of knowledge. There's no wrong or right way in black and white. You know, and I think that's what I like about talking with you, Ross, is you're the same way. You know, there's so many yeah, ways and, to do this. And like we've talked in some of our messages too, just, just based on the areas you hunt, you know, things are different too as well. Um, yeah. you know, out out west it's 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 not like like it is in Wisconsin where I hunt. So, you know, because of that, we do things a little bit differently and um, gives you a little different perspective for, for everybody. Well, and that's um, kind of the topic I wanted to get on today was, I think it still falls under a training tip category, but, you know, we talk about knowing your dog and knowing when they're ready and, and when to instill some of these training things. But, you know, you had brought up the idea of, we all look for different things. Is there common ground between them? And uh, I think like for an example today, what I'd like to talk to you about is rigging tracks, starting tracks off the road. You know, you guys are doing something, uh, you're running off of baits, right? Correct. Yep. So you guys have some other tools that you can use. And, and I found it interesting. You were talking about your, your dogs and your brother's dogs. They, they come from the same lines, but one pack is more apt to do something than the other. And maybe we just talk about why that is. So, yeah. I mean, let's start yeah. off with you first. I mean, how, if you're going to go hunting, how are you starting your tracks in Wisconsin? Oh uh, man. Especially me personally, about 99% of the time I'm, I'm turning them out on a bait. Um, you know, we're able to obviously legally bait in Wisconsin and, uh, we can use trail cameras as well. Um, so, uh, that, you know, in July and August, we have training season. Uh, you can't, you can't kill the bears. Then you, you can just train your dogs. And, um, you know, a smaller bear is going to be more likely to run and, um, not want to fight like the bigger ones do. So generally sure. in, uh, july and august you know that's that's the bears that i'm targeting and it helps get the dog in shape too you know a hundred pound bear can put a lot of miles <laughs> they, on versus they got nikes three, on huh exactly a 300 pound bear i mean might run a couple hundred yards and you're either going to bay it up or tree it and um, right. i like it when my dogs are worn out sleeping when i get home um sometimes those big ones don't do that so uh most of the time i'm turning out at a bait um you know we don't we don't we used to sand baits before we had cameras out on, out on all our baits. And sometimes that would provide, provide you a direction of where the bear's going. Although it lied to you a lot too. Cause you know, a bear could <laughs> put a step foot in the sand and make Big a circle trail. around the, yeah. And, and go a different direction, you know? So we're checking a bait and finding one that we want to run and pretty much just turn loose from there. Um, 
Well, and for people who don't know what sand in a, a bait is, that's like literally you guys are packing in sand, right? Like yeah, buckets of sand. Five gallon buckets of sand, yeah. <laughs> and just putting it on these traveled trails so that you can get an idea of the quality of air that's coming in, the traffic that's been in and out of there. Yeah. And then you drag it every time you rebate, right? Just so that Correct. you know what's yep. fresh. Yep. Yep. Wipe out the old stuff and uh, poor man's trail yep. camera. Pretty much. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the time is, <laughs> they don't give you a very good time, but you no. know what? Sometime, sometime after you scratched it up. So, no, but that's, but, that's such a cool tool that you guys have out there that you can bait. Because that's yeah. something, you know, when I grew up, my dad baited bears. That's how we harvested bears. I didn't even know about the hound dog stuff until way, way later, you know, when I finally started getting into it. But, yeah, you know, you guys having that as a tool, I, I don't want to say it makes things easier because we all know that that's a total crock. <laughs> the race is still the race. Yeah. But. I mean, that's got to be a huge blessing for you guys for starting these young dogs and being able to get them in and put them on fresh scent right away. Yeah, you know what you're getting into when you turn out, you know, I mean, I know if it's a 12 hour old track or if it's a three hour old track, although sometimes I think we overthink that too. I I think (laughs) just because it's two or three hours old doesn't mean they're going to scream right out of there on it. There's a, there's a lot of, a lot more factors that go into it, but. But yeah, it really helps you, um, you know, like a, that dog that you're trying to get started out cold trailing. If the bait's 12 hours old, that's probably not a good starting point for it, you know. But if you go right. check that bait and bear was just there within the last couple hours or something, all right, let's put them out there and see what it can do type of thing, you know, and and and, and tr- then try to build off it. See, and I, I wish that we could, A, I wish we could run bears where I live because I would go back to it in a heartbeat. Um but the baiting, man, I would see that as a huge tool for making rig dogs. Yeah. And I know that you say you don't start most of your dogs like that. So no, what, yeah. my question is, if you roll into a bait site, you know, I'm assuming your dogs are pretty quiet in the box anyway. Like they know there's a bear there, right? They have to. Yeah. I, but I also think I, you know, I've, there's been times where I pulled up to a bait and my truck explodes and I'm like, well, I bet you this one was just hit, you know, oh, I'm yeah. Going, check the camera and sure enough it was there 15 minutes ago or whatever but you know i i think they i think the dogs are also pretty accustomed to where the baits are um oh yeah i bet they can run right to them yeah and you know and i'm sure with with us in and out of there all the time there's probably different you know smells too that they associate with with the bait too um so i think i think some some dogs can try to fool you (laughs) to mm-hmm. you know like uh, you're pulling up to a bait and you, they just start rigging and well are they rigging or are they just excited because they know you're at They're, a bait yeah you know <laughs> but so how um, does that look for you like when you're trying to start a track off of one are you are you taking those younger dogs in that you're trying to work with and letting them mess with it first on lead or off lead or are we kicking the box open uh well doing? generally i'm i'm putting a dog out that i'm confident in that's going to start it um, and then I'll mix in younger dogs with that dog. Um, especially sure. if it's a dog, you know, that dog is open on a cold trail that really helps keep, keeps the young dog's attention, you know, cause, sure. um, they know something's going on. So they're going to want to be where that dog is. Um, and then, you know, off of that, I think they'll just, 
they'll just start to connect the dots and you know and and the picking up the trail and then all of a sudden they'll start getting a little bit more competitive with it and want to be ahead and figuring it out themselves and that and that's kind of um how they catch on to it you know um, right with baits and blocks yeah yep you know with our with the bait the the one problem the, the biggest thing that dogs got to learn how to do is go the right direction um that especially because question, actually <laughs> yeah especially especially because of bait i mean that bear could be in and out of there three four times throughout the night um you and know, there so, for hours just leaving scent it, everywhere exactly yep yep um and you'll watch him sometimes on the gps uh my old dog he doesn't he's not real open until he's damn sure about it so sometimes he'll go out 100 150 yards and then turn around and come back to the bait and it's you know and i'm thinking he went out wrong and realized it you know and is is coming back and then generally he goes out a different direction and it's right and you know sometimes they run into the bait and just pick the right pick the right way right off the bat but it just kind of depends on the day that's what's always baffled me i and i go back to that conversation all the time with people you know as far as those dogs that just have a knack for going the right way or very yeah, quickly I don't know realizing they... like hey no this scent here 50 feet down the road is you know this minuscule amount worse than it was 50 feet back like how do they I, I don't know how i don't know how they can do it but the good ones do i mean and the bad ones do it the opposite i've seen dogs that literally <laughs> like nine times out of ten you turn them loose they're gonna go the wrong way back. i know i mean yeah. time and time and time and time again it's crazy to me but it is it's interesting <laughs> and that is such a cool tool that you guys have out there I mean, that's, I think you, I would venture to say you see a lot of progression in those young dogs starting tracks close up than like yeah. I would out here. Like, let's say if I were to go back and wanted to get into, uh, let's say chasing lions, or if I, I relocated and wanted to go back to hunting bears, I got to start over again. Like all yeah. those dogs that were worth anything, you know, they're old and retired. And now it's like, I just started thinking how how would i restart yeah. how would i do that and yep. you guys in that being able to run off of bait sites is crazy yeah and you know we don't hunt at night or afternoons anymore um we used to growing up man god damn i walked mm -hmm. into a lot of bear trees pitch dark and trying to lead dogs through a swamp and i don't miss it at all but that's no. a <laughs> that's a great way you know especially early on in the summer that's a great way to get younger dogs cold trailing because the bears seem to move pretty well you know that evening sure. um you know so you can run around and check the baits and have a bait that's half an hour old or an hour old or something and, and get them started that way you know in the morning sometimes you know sometimes it's a eight or eight hour old track but right but you know if you're yeah, willing to hunt in the night. evenings yep if you're willing to so, hunt in the evenings that's a good way to get the young dogs going so just for having conversation, if you were to say, come out and go hunt Idaho, I take that back. I think they can run off a of bait there too. Don't quote me yeah. on that, but I'm pretty they sure can they can. They can bait for sure. Yeah. yeah. I know they can bait and I think they can run off baits. Um, yeah. But like, let's say you didn't have that opportunity. If you were going to come out West and do some hunting, what, how would you attack that? Because obviously you're not going to change your method and what works for you time and time and time again at home to come spend a week somewhere else. I mean, just from your mindset for these guys that are thinking about traveling out of state, well, find, what find would a good you buddy do? Out, 
find a buddy out there that got dogs at rig and <laughs> turn mine and go on his them. rig. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and that's kind of what I thought you would say. You know, I mean, I, like we talked about too, before we hit the record, I, I think the, the scenting is for, for rig dogs is different out West than it is by us. I, I think it's, it's better out West. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe my dogs would, would adjust to that and do it a little more. Um, but I, I, you know, I definitely wouldn't go out there and start cruising the mountains and expect my, my box to just blow up. You know, I think, I think there would be a little bit of learning curve there. I know I could put them on the ground and road them and, and, and probably stumble onto one that way, but obviously you can't cover as many miles if you're roading them as if, as if you got them in the truck, in the truck rigging. So um, that's what I run into because I, I don't have a rig dog one right now, really. I just did, stayed away from it. I was yep. roading dogs, and that's how I hunt them. And it's great if you're in the area where there's game and you've done your homework and you know where yep. to go. But, man, you can't cover the ground like roading. And that's something I I want to get back to a little more because it is – you can just cover 100 times the ground yeah. in half the time. And you don't get worn out do dogs before you even start. <laughs> That's just it. You know, you're, yeah. oh, well, I've roaded these dogs 10 miles already, and now we're going to go get on a hard one, and they're going to be gassed. You know, that yeah. makes it kind of tough. Yeah, for sure. But I, uh, there's such this, there, there's this stigma around rigging and people's concept of what's old and what's not, you know, as far as age of tracks. Yeah. And it, all the wives' tales and stuff, it's funny because rigging is one of those things that there's a science to it but i don't think anybody really has it all figured out yeah but you know you've got barometric pressures or things that i look at you know i had an old guy tell me if if your chimney smokes laying on the ground it ain't even worth going hunting that's it yeah. just stay home because scent's never rising you drive around all day and you'll never rig a track because that yep. sense just staying right there on the ground and i mean that's that's kind of what I run into in these conversations about game crossing the road. Like you were talking about earlier, you can have a piece of game run across the road in front of you, see it, drive right over it and never get a rig. Yep. Which to most people, it, it seems like, how could that ever happen? But when it comes <laughs> to scenting, it does. It, happens. it does. Yeah. There's weird stuff it happens all the time. I would have got them. I would have to imagine out there in the mountains and stuff too, just wind direction and um thermal you know, just the way the, part yeah the way the thermals cruise up and down you know i mean you could get a, a some random draft blowing uphill mm-hmm. all of a sudden that you know the dogs strike a track and then all you know the thermals change a little bit or something and it's almost like it's gone you know yeah um, i would have well, to well like one one thing i remember jared when we were talking in one of these training talks he was talking about that dog that goes in and looks for the track, you know, one that's willing to go find where that track yeah. is. Yeah. And out here, that is such a big thing. That's hard to find because like you said, those thermals shift and all of a sudden you're not getting any kind of a whiff. You just got to hope that dog's going to go down the draw or up the hill yeah. far enough to find it. Yeah. But you're having to do your part as a hunter and play all that through your mind. Yep. I mean, this has been years ago, but I had the thought of, well, I'm sure if they're on the road, I'm missing tracks that they can't smell, you know, rolling yeah. over the cut banks, things like that. But if you're rigging them, 
you're going to miss tracks on the ground, I think, if the scent conditions aren't right, whatever. So I had this genius idea that I was just going to do both at the same time. I'd throw dogs (laughs) on the road, and I'd throw a dog on the rig. And everybody thought I was crazy. And I probably was a little bit crazy because it was a disaster the first couple times I'd tried it. (laughs) But after things settled in, it blew my mind. The amount of times I could drive down the road and you did not know which dog was going to hit it. Yeah. Like it it was crazy to me that, you know, certain days a dog on the rig would pick up, let's say two or three strikes when nobody on the ground would even wiggle. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he was broke dog as broke as I'm probably going to get him, I guess, but (laughs) it it was just interesting. And, and that's what really got me thinking, why are these sending conditions so different? And I'm sure, like you say, coming from your way out here, that's a major change. Just the airflow itself, I'll bet, would be huge. Because you guys are a lot of swamps and thick woods. There's not a lot of airflow, really, I would imagine. Yeah, and typically pretty high humidity as well. um, Yeah. Which I don't think helps. Helps stuff. No, I don't. I would agree with you on that one. I would would assume it kind of holds... Holds the scent down closer to the ground yeah, like more. Thicker. You know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, you know, I know in, in my experience, I, you know, I've lion hunted in Montana a number of times. And, you know, I think you can see a lion track out there. And um, if it's a couple days old, I, you know, especially that, like that old dog that I got that's got a real cold nose. I mean, he'll open on it and act like, hell yeah, we can do this. You sure. know, and, and back here, I mean, if I see a bobcat track that's two days old, He's, he's not even going to acknowledge it, you know? So, um, for whatever reason, it just seems to be a little bit different out there. Um, as, as far as the scent sticking around a little bit longer and for whatever reason. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know on that one. I've never spent a lot of time. I've coon hunted Wisconsin. That was it. (laughs) I came out for like two days, but. I know the conditions in talking with all you guys is so different than this this West hunting, but it, it comes with its own challenges, too. I mean, you guys oh. have got some rough ground out there. How How is it for starting pups? Like, you're taking them in. You're running them off a of bait. That's great. You're giving them opportunity. But when you're looking at a dog and, and questioning when it's going to start, what are some of the challenges as far as getting through the swamps and physical limitations of young dogs and things like that, that you have to take into consideration? Well, some puppies just don't like water very much for one thing. And that, that can, story. <laughs> that can really set them back. Um, for sure. Um, I would say, you know, most of them will get over that. I mean, their, their drive to, to catch that game will, will get them over that. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, we've, I mean, and we've had guys come hunt with us from out West too, you know, where they don't, their dogs don't really see water and they don't really do very well. And I, I'm pretty That'd sure the water is, is a big reason for it. You know, um, we've got several rivers and creeks that are, you know, I don't know, 40 feet across where we hunt too, you know, that they cross regularly. So, you know, the dog's kind of got to be willing to swim. Um, sure. and if they're not used to that, it can definitely, it could definitely screw them up. So what do you, uh, what do you do to help get yours over that hump? I mean, do you like desensitize them to the water early on? 
Yeah, you try. I mean, um, it, it definitely helps if you take them swimming and stuff. I'll be honest with you. You know, most, most hound guys around here probably don't do anything special other than just keep throwing them out on more tracks and hope they get over it. You know, um, I like to hang out with my dogs and, you know, in the yard and I take my bird dogs swimming and stuff, you know, so I'll bring them, them with. And, and I think that helps, but I also don't know that it's a huge association with the two, you know, unless you were doing like coon sure. drags or something for them. Um, maybe right. then they, maybe then it would, they would associate that a little bit more, but um, I think most of them will get over it. I mean, their prey, their prey drive will eventually overtake it. You know, some of them, some of them, it just takes a little bit longer than others, you know? Right. What age do you usually start yours? Or is it more of a mental thing? I mean, I know that's always a factor. Yeah, I would say about nine months is probably about average, but obviously that kind of depends based on how old the puppy is when, when, when we have our bear season or, you know, when we're winter hunting or whatever, you know, some dogs just, just because the timing's not right, you might not start them until they're a year. Um, (laughs) some dogs, some dogs, five months old, you're starting or four months old, even you're starting to take them into bear trees a little bit, you know, and, and just getting them getting them to do stuff just because they happen to be at that age, you know, but, um, I would say nine, about nine months old is, is a pretty good target, you know, where they've got enough, um, enough, uh, confidence built up, um, you know, that they're ready. And sure. I've heard, uh, I, you know, you hear guys say that if they're not doing it by six months old or whatever, I'm not keeping them and stuff like that. And I think that's just absolutely ridiculous. Cause I've gotten I mean, some of those dogs and I was glad I got them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's tough though. I mean, cause the, there's the physical, the mental, all of that. It's got to line up. Yeah. You know, it yeah. makes it really tough. And it, it seems like these, these dogs never come in a season at the right time. Yeah. You know, like trying to time that litter so that you have, cause I'm kind of the same logic you are. If I could have an eight to 10 month old hound come season, that is ideal timing. I mean, that's yep. like hitting the woods, Perfect. rocking and rolling. You've been exposed to a little bit. You kind of know what's going on. And then you just get to hammer them that whole, you know, from 10 months to a year and a half almost. Yeah. And that seems like that would be ideal timing but it never ever seems to work out like that no (laughs) no it doesn't or yeah when it when you want to breed dogs it never works out right but you get the neighbors mutt over and you know it happens instantly (laughs) sure no kidding so have you done much in the ways of just letting a young dog work on those bait sites like on lead, just walking them in to expose them and see the interest level. Yeah. Um, yeah. A little bit, especially, you know, like I said, especially, um, if you know, the bear was, was just there. Um, we've got a lot of, I mean, there's a ton of raccoons and, and stuff like that around by us too. So, you know, when you let, when you're letting a puppy go on its own, that's, that's also a, a factor that, I mean, I don't really want to think, I didn't even think of that. Burn a deer on or the bait something, site. you know. Yeah, yep. And we've got a ton of game by us. So I mean, we, when I check a bait in the morning, there's coyotes there, there's coons. I mean, you name it, you know. Um, so it, I don't know. I always tend to go back to that. Have that one dog that you can count on that you know that's going to do it right, and 
Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully that, that puppy tags along and, um, that old dog can kind of show him the ropes type of thing, you know? Sure. Yeah. It's and, hard to make your own way without that, that old dog. And you sure said helps, it's gotta man. be open enough. And I think that's the hard part. There's, there's a lot of difference between an open dog and a silent dog. Yeah. And you got to have that dog. That's just enough to keep them interested, you know, barks enough to get them to him, keeps it interesting, but not so mouthy that it's overpowering. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a weird balance to find that dog for, for a pup trainer, you know, and, and I feel like that's different. <laughs> well, that pup trainer yeah. is just thrown out there so randomly anymore. If it's an old dog and it can run game like that makes it a pup trainer. Yeah. And for some people, I'm sure that does. Yep. But to find that, like you're saying, open enough to pull a dog in, keep a young dog interested, not be overly babbly, it's tough. Yep. When you find them, they're, they're worth their weight in gold for sure. We've had some damn good dogs that weren't very open on a cold trail, and they didn't do a, you know, they didn't help the young dogs very much at all because they, they left the country. They were. Yeah, they left the country without saying much, and by the time they are saying much, the puppy's out of it, and puppy's like, "What the hell?" <laughs> you know? Yeah, no kidding. I, but yeah, that's the those like you said those those rare ones that when they bark, it means something, and they bark just enough. That that's that's crucial. Thankfully, I, I have that them. right now. Yeah, so. no kidding. <laughs> You want to send one out here? No. <laughs> I said one. <laughs> that's all one. I got. I only one. got one. <laughs> well, that's the hard part. You know, we got a lot of these listeners that they live in parts of the country they can't bait or they can't do yeah. a lot of these things. But, you know, you can still expose your dog to game in the same way. I mean, game, you can pattern it. That, that's why we're successful hunters is we know how to pattern game, I would say. Yeah. You know, find that spot that you're always seeing coons or you're always seeing you know like in june july we can drive down the road around my place and you're gonna see bears you know where they're gonna be same with anything you just gotta do your part as a hunter and and expose that dog you know but man you guys having that opportunity anybody in wisconsin who is getting into pear hunting they should probably listen to this yeah (laughs) you know i think there's um there's so many facets of what we do that people can have a thousand different opinions, Mm -hmm. but really, I mean, I mean, shoot between you and like, we've been doing some other of these episodes with, with Jared and bear. And I know we're going to start switching some stuff up around here. I, I don't have all the perspectives that you guys have, you know, that, that hunt in Wisconsin is so Greek to me. I've heard stories even from James about going out there and seeing it. And it's, it just seems so different, but yet the concepts, they're all the same. Yeah. It seems like, I don't think you guys do anything too drastically different, except something just works, you know, better for you in your routine. It's like, if Mm -hmm. you had to make a rig dog, you could go make a rig dog and rig them. Oh yeah. You had to go do something else. You could do that. So yeah, you just have to adapt to it. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, they're all, I mean, I, uh, they're all, you know, the dogs are all pretty much bred the same. I mean, um, I think it just goes back to that, um, that consistency and what, what you do with them. You know, if if you're going out trying to rig bears, they're going to rig bears. If you're like me and you're going out turning out at baits, they don't, 
I, I think they know that. Well, why the hell should we start barking? Because he's not going to turn <laughs> us out until we pull up to a bait anyways. So Yeah, right. Um, you know. And I've tried to do it with my dogs, you know, when they've got rigs, like, just turn them out just to try to get them better at it, get them a little bit more confidence in it. But, man, I hate getting on big bears when I can't kill them, and I don't like vet bills. <laughs> no, that's understandable, man. <laughs> Nobody wants to get tore up during training season. No. Uh-uh. I mean, then your hands no. are tied in, your dogs are just getting hammered on. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Well... Let me, um, I'm gonna hit the stop button here on that one. That's a pretty good spot. <laughs>